Shalom, and welcome to Kehilat Rosh Pina, a dynamic, multicultural, and growing Messianic Jewish congregation located in the heart of Oklahoma City and led by Rabbi Michael Weigand. Our goal is to bring you the message of the Word each week from a Jewish perspective and to exalt Messiah Yeshua as Lord and Savior overall. We are a loving congregation made up of both Jew and Gentile, now one in the Messiah, with Shabbat morning services at 10.40 a.m. and various studies throughout the week. Please come and join us next time you are in Oklahoma City. We would love to have you. And now, we hope you enjoy today's message. I want to share with you a few words uh, following that beautiful dance in that song. Some thoughts about this season, Sukkot. The scriptures that we've been reading uh, have been uh, very appropriate for Sukkot, I believe. And a strong argument can be made that it was during this time of the year when Yeshua walked into Beit HaMikdash, the temple in the first century, that he had one of his most, I don't want to say challenging, but he had a really tough disputation that happened. And we read about it in Yochanan, John chapter 7, and also John chapter 8. As you read through John chapter 7, you can, you can catch the tension that's going on there. There's a tension with the crowd. There's the tension of the interaction with Yeshua and those he's interacting with. And also, there's a tension that's beyond those that are there that's with the leadership at the time. Listening to what Yeshua said and wondering, and uh, it even says, if you carefully read that section of John chapter 7, it says that they were trying to kill Yeshua. It says it plainly. That's a lot of tension. Think about it. And they weren't able to do it at that time uh, because it says that it wasn't the time for him to lay down his life. So there were several remarkable statements that Yeshua made. Seven remarkable statements that Yeshua made that still resonate to this day right now. One of them is in John chapter 7 beginning with verse 38. Says on the last and greatest day of the Feast of Tabernacles, Yeshua stood up and he cried out loudly, If anyone, and I'd like you to remember that word, if anyone is thirsty, Yeshua then said, Let him come to me and drink. We've been singing about that and speaking about that already in this service. And then he said this in the very next breath statement, he said, whoever believes in me. So he said, if anyone, and then he said, whoever, anyone and whoever, whoever believes in me, and I'm using the Tree of Life version for uh, this translation, whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Ruach, the Holy Spirit whom those who trusted in him were going to receive. That's what we're told in John chapter 7. Yeshua spoke forcefully at the time of Sukkot. And I'll encourage you, if you haven't had a chance during this Sukkot week to read that chapter of John chapter 7, and many theologians also think that John chapter 8 is connected to this scenario. 
at least in the same time frame. Very important passage of Scripture. But if you haven't had a chance to read it, take, take time to go back and read what happened at Sukkot in Jerusalem in the first century when the Beit HaMikdash, the temple was in existence, and Yeshua was there right there at the temple. Some of his discussions, some of what he was asked, some of what he said, in my, in my reading of it, it's some of the most pointed things he said were at this time. So here there's time of great rejoicing, and he is as blunt and straightforward as he could be about um, certain things, particularly this one, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me a drink, and whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. In this passage, he described how this flow of the Spirit of God would be like rivers of living water. I don't need to suggest to you that you can change a word or two in that statement. It gives you a whole different picture. Rivers of polluted water gives you another picture. Rivers of dirty water gives you another picture. Rivers of dead water <laughs> gives you another picture. But he specifically said, rivers of Maim Chaim, of living water. Meaning water that brings life. So where the Holy Spirit is involved in life, he brings life to us. That does involve sometimes uh, death. By that I mean we have to take up his cross daily and follow him. But this emphasis of Yeshua on those who believe in him and then on the Holy Spirit, it seems like there's a double emphasis, but I'm also emphasizing these two words, anyone, if anyone is thirsty, and whoever believes in me. That's a wide stroke. That's a wide group of potentiate. If you potentiate those ideas, that can go well beyond the hearers at that time in Jerusalem. I mean, there was just a certain number of people that could hear him, what he was saying. And he says this expansive, these expansive ideas of anyone and whoever. And I want to suggest to you that Sukkot, this particular holiday or Holy Day, or Moed, is actually the right venue for those two statements. Because the Holy Spirit and the Feast of Sukkot are noted in Scripture. And they're as, as having connection to all of mankind. The Sukkot... Holy Spirit connected to all mankind. And not too long after Yeshua's words in John chapter 7 that I've been talking about, not too long after that Feast of Sukkot, that Feast of Tabernacles, it really wasn't that far off. After Yeshua's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, there would be one of his shlichim, one of his apostles, the shaliach, Kepha, Peter, that would stand up. We read about in Acts chapter 2. He stands up and he begins to proclaim this message. After the tongues of fire had fallen upon them at Shavuot, at Pentecost, in Jerusalem, with Jewish people from all over the world gathered there in keeping with the Feast of Shavuot, one of the Shlosh Regalim, the three pilgrimage feasts, Peter stands up and he says this. It's in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. 
And it shall be in the last days, says God. Please notice this next phrase. That I will pour out my ruach, my spirit. Three words comes afterwards. On all flesh. So the Holy Spirit, there's an intention of the Lord for all people to be filled with the spirit of holiness or the Holy Spirit. It's repeated over and over again in the prophets of Israel. They continually talk about this. Isaiah talks about it. Jeremiah talks about it. Ezekiel talks about it. That, yes, the, 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 the case is Israel, but the intention is that all people would walk in the spirit of holiness before God. And by the way, is God holy? Well, is he holy? Does he want a people that's holy? Yes, he does. So, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, Kepha quotes from the prophet Joel, and it shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my ruach on all flesh. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the idea of all flesh being connected to the Holy Spirit is, is a very biblical idea. Originally, the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 2, came upon many Jewish people that were gathered, but the intention is that all people would walk in the spirit of holiness before God. And also, Sukkot was in itself a feast with ultimate intentions. It was a feast, and we could say it is a feast, in which the ultimate role included the nations. The rabbis of old, the Chazal, they recognized that the abundance of sacrifices that were made on Sukkot, as you read Numbers chapter 29, it's just this many sacrifices on the first day, this many sacrifices on the second day, this many on the third day, this many, and just deliberately placed and spelled out how many sacrifices were to be made. And rabbinical interpreters, and we'd have to agree with them, as they looked at it and said, why? Why so many sacrifices on Sukkot? And they tallied up the number of sacrifices. They came up with the number 70, and 70 to them meant the nations. The nations are involved. So that Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, wasn't just about Israel, but it was about Israel and the nations. And lo and behold, the prophet Zechariah, in chapter 14, verse 16, says, Then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem... You know what they're going to do? We'll go up from year to year to worship the king, Adonai Sabaoth. And you know when they're going to do it, according to Zechariah? This time frame. And to celebrate Sukkot. Picture that. The nations, all the nations. Then all the survivors from all the nations that had attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year. It's not a one-time deal, but an ongoing time. From year to year, they will go up to worship the king. And then Zechariah says it this way, Adonai Tzavaot, which means the Lord of hosts. They're going to worship the king. Out there in the sukkah, we had two loaves of bread that were shaped like what? A crown. 
We've emphasized that from the beginning of Yom Torah to now we're kingship here. Here's the culmination. We come to Sukkot. It says that all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king. And in case that's not understood, the very next two words are Adonai Tzavaot, the holy name of God, Tzavaot. Translated in English, the Lord of hosts. And then the third thing is to celebrate Sukkot. So friends, we're getting a head start here tonight. Celebrating Sukkot, it's such a joy to be able to, but we can see, see that there's a clear prophetic picture presented through Sukkot that impacts the nations and Yeshua's statements about the Holy Spirit which he made at Sukkot out of your inmost being shall flow rivers of living water the Holy Spirit also was an international thing <laughs> so this feast of great significance Sukkot called Hechag the feast Underlying the, the feast, the great feast, the one where the superabundance of sacrifices took place in ancient Israel at the Beit HaMikdash, at the temple. The one which the rabbi said, why all these sacrifices? It can't be just about us, about Israel. There must be more to this. And wow, there's a sacrifice for all the known nations as they, as they reckoned it. So it was Israel and nations, including Jer and then Zechariah saying, all the nations will go up from year to year to worship the Melech, the king, Adonai Tzavot, the Lord of hosts, and to celebrate Sukkot, tabernacles. So what a day it shall be. Did you notice, I didn't emphasize it too much, but let me read just this first phrase again from Zechariah chapter 14, verse 16. Then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem. They're going to get it. <laughs> They're going to get switched. They're going to figure this out somehow. And you know, anti-Semitism is a major issue in this world. It's disguised in many ways, anti-Israelism, anti-Zionism, and you know how it goes. You've probably read about it. The statistics are, don't really tell the whole story because many people who suffer anti-Semitic attacks don't necessarily report it, and they have their reasons. But there's a day coming. There's going to be a joyous procession. It shall be a day when the nations, even those that had attacked Jerusalem, attacked the Jewish people, those nations are going to come up, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to worship the king, Adonai Savaot, and celebrate Sukkot tabernacles. It's going to be a joyous time. And this taps into the prophetic ideas of Micah chapter 4. And let me read this to you. Beginning with verse 1. And this is one of the segments of scripture. Micah chapter 6. Micha Dalet. Micah chapter 4 verses 1 through 5, one of the scriptures where there's a, almost a word-for-word -word repetition found in Isaiah. So you have Micah saying it, and you have Isaiah saying it. It's almost exactly verbatim. And here's what they both said. I'm quoting from Micha, from Micah chapter 4. But at the end of days, Be'acharit yamim, the mountain of Adonai's house will be established as chief 
of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. Peoples will flow up to it. Then many nations will go and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of Adonai, to the house of the God of Jacob. Then he will direct us in his ways, and we will walk in his path. For God's instructions, his Torah, will go forth from Zion and the word of Adonai from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and decide for mighty nations far off. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not lift up sword against nation, nor will they learn war again. But each man will sit under his vine and under his fig tree, a Hebraism, with no one causing terror, for the mouth of Adonai Tzvaot has spoken. Verse 5, Micah chapter 4, though all the peoples will walk each in the name of his God, so we ourselves will walk in the name of Adonai Eloheinu forever, the Lord our God forever and ever. Sukkot at this time, there's been a vision of this for now, uh, decades. And I'd like us to play this clip, if we can, of what's been happening now. There's been a pandemic, as I think we all know. But that has not stopped the nations from participating, catching on to this glimpse of the Feast of Tabernacles. Let's watch this together. And now, please listen to the Israeli Eurovision song, Beit Filah Amen. Beit Filah Amen is a prayer for peace around the world and was performed for this year's Feast of Tabernacles by over 30 nations around the world.
That was pulled together from over 30 nations. Couldn't gather in Jerusalem for the International uh, Feast of Tabernacles. But it's pretty touching when you think about it. That the people from all those nations took the time out to do. You know how hard it is to organize 30 people to do something? Singing. (laughs) But they all did it. From Bulgaria. All the way, and, and boy, that, that young guy at the end was a showstopper for me. <laughs> I don't know. See him? Did you see how he looked off to his somebody on the side, like waiting to hear "Well done" or something? <laughs> Friends, let's continue to pray for Israel in these days ahead, and continue to pray for the believers that are in the land. You've been listening to the Shabbat message from Rosh Pinah Messianic Jewish Congregation in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. We would love to have you visit us. Our weekly services begin at 10.40 a.m. each Shabbat, and we are located at 2600 Northwest 55th Place, north of Northwest Expressway at the corner of Northland Avenue and Northwest 55th Place. We meet each Shabbat for wonderful praise and worship with dance, liturgy, teaching, food, fellowship, excellent children's programs, and Bible studies on Tuesday nights. For more information, please visit our website, www.roshpinah.org. That's R-O-S-H-P-I-N-A-H dot O-R-G. You can also reach us by phone at 405-842-1967 or email us at info at roshpinah.org. Thank you for spending time in the Word with us today. Shabbat Shalom and blessings in Messiah Yeshua.